I feel like we've done this before. I feel like I feel we've like done, we've done, this, done before. this before. Reboot from Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Josh, Dracula's daughter, Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, Queen B. <laughs> you know, you, you, you broke us both with that, I'm just gonna say. But also, that is by far one of the best Dracula productions in the Universal run. Oh, I agree with that. That one and the uh, Spanish Dracula are both fantastic. Oh, wow. So, so for those that are not aware of what we're doing already, we are going to be doing a Hollywood reboot of the Universal Monsters, the classic films from the 1940s and 50s and 30s, for that matter, that Universal has tried repeatedly to reboot to very little success. Mm-mm. So the, the films started off with Dracula in 1931 and Frankenstein in 1931. And for those that are super monster historians, you will also remember that there were two versions of Dracula. Uh, the English one starring... Uh, Billy Lugosi, and then the Spanish one that was filmed at the same time at night, while the English one was filmed during the day, uh, starring Carlos, Carlos Villaros, I think. I probably have the last name wrong. Um, and in my opinion, if you haven't seen it, the Spanish Dracula is superior to the English one. Yes. But over the years, they then added on, along with Frankenstein and Dracula, the Wolfman, or Werewolf, depending upon what time period you're talking about, the Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon. They also tangentially added in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Phantom of the Opera, and even though he wasn't originally part of the line, they do consider him one now, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, I'm actually going to correct you on your history, sir. Thank you. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was actually done in 1913. There's with the, the werewolf. One. Yeah, silence one. Yeah. The silent one. Then they've done a couple of remakes of it. Has And I think they've done that with uh, Phantom. They had a silent one, and then they did a remake that was... Uh... With Lon Chaney. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but what my point was more just that Dr. Jekyll isn't technically considered one of the Universal Monsters, even though now he is part of their line for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Anything that Boris Karloff was in, pretty, or Bela yeah. Lugosi, well, yeah, became... And the standards. And that is a good glue to use because uh, most of the monsters at one point or another got featured in an Abbott or Cost- Abbott and Costello movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. Boris and- Boris Karloff technically has just his own with them where he is the killer, Boris Karloff. So, yeah, I mean, you, are, you aren't wrong there. If Boris Karloff is in a movie, it's a Universal Monsters movie at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a, a string of three movies that were done by... A- based on Edgar Allan Poe uh-huh. um, writings, the murders in Rue Morgue or Morjou, uh, the Black Cat, the yep. Raven. These were all yep. sequels to the Dracula and the Frankenstein movies that uh, Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff were in. Yeah, they're, they're so, well, the se- sequels, no, but in, in the Universal Monsters line, yes, because they also had, like, what, Cat People and a few others, some yep. of which are actually lost at this point and you can't even watch anymore, which is... Tragic, because I would love to see some of the other 1930s horror that was produced at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you also have Son of Frankenstein, 1941. You have the Wolfman movies, um, which uh, Lon Chaney Jr. were in, was in playing... Um, I, uh, the Wolfman. Uh, Talbot. Uh, Talbot. Talbot. Larry Talbot. Yeah, Larry Talbot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you have uh, <laughs> the Abbott and Costello movies, which basically met up with all of the monster movies as well. And honestly, you know this as well as I do. These were mom's favorite movies. <laughs> I did not know that, but that's great. Yeah, the, the crossovers from uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula... Uh, and then they led into the, like, those were already getting comedically ridiculous, and they led into the Abbott and Costellos, I will admit, most of which I don't care for, I, I have, I wasn't impressed by the ones that I watched, although the, uh, Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man, I thought was the best of the set. Yes. Yeah. I, I love all those movies, they're, <laughs> they're great. And then you have the creature from the Black Lagoon, which is also part of this mm-hmm. entire yeah, the, the, set of movies. Came in at the 1950s as part of the sci-fi monster bent. Uh, that a lot of production studios were doing. Uh, and that had three uh, films attached to it, along with an Abbott and Costello Colgate special that went alongside all of it. And apparently there was a Mole People movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I saw that with uh, MST3K, because they did a, a, a heckling of it. And let me tell you, that movie is worth heckling. Wolf. Yeah. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> it's, it, it was produced around the same time as This Island Earth, of which is also technically part of the Universal Monsters line because of the, um, God, the insect, the insect alien thing. The, yeah, the mutant. Right. That's what it was. And I know this because I have a series of little miniature figures of the Universal Monsters, and the mutant is included in there. And basically, um, Mole People is like this island Earth, but instead of going out into space, they go down to the center of the Earth. And, like, in this island Earth is a terrible movie that was made better by MST3K, and Mole People is worse. By a far degree. It's so bad. <sighs> anyway, but more recently, well, I guess not even more recently, through over time, Universal has tried to reboot these movies. They did the incredibly fantastic... 1979 Dracula with um, Frank Langella. They did the 1979 Dracula Frank Langella, which is phenomenal. That one is so good if you haven't watched it. Um, And then more recently, they've tried again and again to reboot it. They had Dracula Untold. They had the uh, BBC, I think it was BBC and uh, NBC Universal co-teamed for the Dracula TV series a year after that. They did The Mummy in 2000 or 2017, which was supposed to launch the Dark Universe and did not. Failed. Yeah. yeah. And then they had, more, much more recently, The Invisible Man, which takes the concept of The Invisible Man and applies it, applies it to a sci-fi twist in the modern era and makes it much more about the female character The Invisible Man is stalking than The Invisible Man himself. And I thought was a fantastic movie. Oh, yeah. The Invisible Man, hands down, was probably their best. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also stating that the shape of water is supposed to be kind of the man from the Black Lagoon kind of situation. Kind of. I, I think what they're doing is some of these... What The reason that the Invisible, the new one worked, the Invisible Man worked, yeah. because there was true horror that uh-huh. was legitimately something to be scared of, if yes. that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of these monster movies that they've tried to remake, the the scare isn't there. No. Yeah, um, no. Like, The Shape of Water, they're actually making the creature from the Black Lagoon be more uh, kind yeah, than he was, scary. He was, a lo- he was the, the, the beastly boyfriend, I think, is the trope, or something similar to that. My monster boyfriend is kind of the trope of it. it making the, the monster kind of like Beauty and the Beast into like the hero of the story, more or less, or a tragic figure instead of just the 
monster. And I mean, even to a certain extent, uh, the Wolfman, the original one with uh, Long Cheney Jr. kind of did that, where he was... Like, you got into his headspace as he becomes the monster and doesn't want to be a monster, as opposed to most of the Universal monsters that were just bad guys. But, um... Yeah. I mean, The Shape of Water was made by Fox and not Universal, so it's not technically part of the line. But you could tell Guillermo del Toro, the writer, director, producer, art, art visionary of that film, was like, I want to take the creature from the Black Lagoon and do something interesting to him. What if we, what if we took a, a character outside of the scientific team that captured him and focused on the two of them as, like, real people? And that movie works so well. It's crazy. But, I mean, it, it is basically the creature of the Black Lagoon from a different perspective. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, instead of the creature chasing a woman that doesn't want him, the woman chases him. More or less. Right. Yeah. Or tries to save him. Mm -hmm. All of the above. It's it's an inversion of all the of Creature from the Black Lagoon stories we've seen so far, which I really enjoyed. So that leads us to our topic of rebooting them. We have the Invisible Man who's been rebooted. And we have the Creature from the Black Lagoon, who, even though it was unofficial, has essentially shown what a good reboot of the Creature from the Black Lagoon could look like. So for Halloween... Let us try and come up with new reboots for the other monsters in the line. The Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula, although I already did a Dracula script on the website, so I'll abstain from that particular one. Uh, Wolfman, <laughs> if you have ideas, I want to hear these ideas. Let's Hollywood reboot the shit out of these monsters. <laughs> well, they, they so, have actually tried to do a reboot of the werewolf, which they did with... Uh... I think it was Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro so and yeah, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony so, Hopkins. Not such uh, great talent was wasted in that movie. Out of the, all the werewolf movies that I've liked that were modern, uh -huh. the one with Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Jack Nicholson was probably. Man, I forgot about that movie. Which is probably the most. It's not bad. Uh, appreciated out of most of the reboots. Um, I think if you're going to do something, you need to stop going back to the past and you have to do it in present day. Um, and I would actually like to see, instead of using the white guy, you know, we, we try to reboot with a colorful cast. So I'd really like to see the werewolf done with a Hispanic cast and maybe do some casting from the or or American Indian would even be better because we don't have a whole lot of films like that. So maybe you know bring in Machete and uh, Danny Trejo, um, no, or um, I, I agree. Rainbow Moon. Good, I think is her Blood name. Yes, uh, bring in bring in those actors and Moon and Moon have Moon. the werewolf be more um, Native American skinwalker kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Skinwalkers. And, Yes, and I and I would I would think that that would be a better werewolf story than the classic gypsy curse. I mean, you kind of the the, the Wendigo was kind of um, how do you pronounce that is was kind of touched upon a bit in Ravenous, which was about cannibalism. Yes. But I yes. love the shit out of that movie. That movie is so great. I've never even heard of that movie. Yeah, uh, Guy Pierce. Oh, it. It's actually really good. Oh yeah, it's. The, the, the movie itself, if you watch the trailer for it, like, they had no idea how the shit to advertise that movie. 
Um, because they make it look like a weird uh, thriller on top of, like, a Civil War-era drama, and it's none of that. It is straight up a black comedy monster movie about cannibalism, and it is oh. hilariously nice. amazing. It just doesn't have actual monsters in it, but, like, I mean, I would, like, blend a werewolf movie, like, Wendigo kind of werewolf movie with Ravenous itself and just make a remake of that movie, and it would be phenomenal. Oh, that movie is so good. Well done on that. By the way, the uh, Michelle Pfeiffer movie you were thinking of is the creatively named Wolf. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but essentially, it's essentially the same kind of thing. It's a werewolf story. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that if you're going to do something, it should be around... Um, it should be modernized. It, it should not be stuck in the past with a gypsy story. If you're going to do that then you have to do all the monster films in that kind of genre. Mm -hmm. I, I think what's missing in today's world is that you have a lot of monster movies that have, you know, been rewritten and they have gone to modern backgrounds, but they're not all that way. So you have no continuity. And if the, if the purpose to, in order to reboot all these movies so that they can have continuity, like within Abbott and Costello at some point, kind of thing or like a dc universe or marvel universe where you bring all the monsters together they all have to be in the same world they so tried with and the like, mummy. they tried too hard with the mummy i think is the big uh, issue yeah. yeah yeah they tried to force something and like i think the mummy would have been a lot better if you didn't have the organization like true the reason why marvel's universe is the way it is is because they slowly built it up into a universe mm -hmm. instead of just being like, here's the first movie of our universe movies. Uh, here's everything you need to know. Yeah, the tease of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end of the first Iron Man was just an Easter egg in case Iron Man failed. But they made it a self-contained story so that you, like, yeah. if the movie didn't launch, then it, you just had a single self-contained film and they can be like, yay, we did this. Let's go bankrupt now. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... It <laughs> In my opinion, if you're going to create a universe and actually start a dark universe, mm -hmm. then they all need to be in the same universe. You have to bring them together at some point. I mean, that in my my failed world or my my false world, that's yeah. how I would do it. So, so okay, so it, I did it, I did mention that I wrote a Dracula script that's on the website, and I'm we're yes. not going to touch upon mm -hmm. it too deeply. But if you want to hint at a larger universe within a single film, you make the single movie focused on that one character. In, a, in the case of a Dracula film, you focus on the story of Dracula, however true to the novel you're going to be or not. But if you're like, well, we're eventually going to add in mummies and the werewolf and whatever else that we're going to have in here, well, you can have a portrait in Dracula's castle of, like, a shadowy werewolf-style figure on a painting that the characters walk past and never comment on. It's just an Easter egg. You can have in Von Helsing's office, wherever that may be set up, or if he's working in a lab because he's been hired on to do some investigation of the vampirism going around, he can just have some books with him that one of them may be, like, Secrets of the Far East or, like, Tomb of the Pharaoh or something. And you have it there, but you don't focus on it. It's just a little Easter egg. That way, when you then do, like, you know, uh, a mummy movie, you could then make reference to Professor Von Helsing once 
talked to me about this and I learned this in his session. And then you have a connection between the two without forcing it. Exactly. Yeah. That's and, one thing. And yeah, the, the Prodigum, I believe, is the uh, corporation that was in the Mummy film. Um, and you are right, Josh, throwing Prodigum in there with all of that crap that was associated with it, all the werewolf and vampire and everything else in there. It was just like, this is stopping the movie in its tracks so we can get like a 30 minute history lesson about this corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, That's, no, I was the... say, that said, the video game based on it, the mummy demastered was incredible. And without that movie, we wouldn't have had that. But if you're going to redo the mummy, I would prefer the kind of a similar modern story to what they did with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, that's not Aside bad. from the third one, which really sucked, I, and the second one, which kind of blew oh. chunks. Um, <laughs> well, they didn't have a plan the for first it past one, the first one. Yeah. Right. The first one was really good. Well, they could have done the second movie without the kid. The kid was annoying. Yeah. Um, and they should mm -hmm. know better than to bring kids into horror movies because they're not funny. Well, I mean, um, it wasn't really a horror movie. Like, even the first one, is it has horror elements, but it's basically an, a, another Indiana Jones-style film from that era mm -hmm. when everyone was making Indiana Jones-style movies. It's just a better one than most of them because it sticks its tongue firmly in its cheek and lets the actors just have fun with it. Right. Yeah. It knew what, what kind of movie it was going to be, basically. Yeah. So... Um, but if you were going to do it, I would redo it to something more modern, mm -hmm. but also a similar way to do it. That it's not, it's not so serious. I mean, the the new mummy was modern. It just it. It was too it was serious. It was a mess. Yeah, it was a mess. And I mean, it would but it would have been fine if they wanted to go serious. If they could have found a way to make the mummy scary. The thing is, the Brendan Fraser movies, the Hammer film movies, even the Universal movies. The one thing no one has managed to do is make that damn mummy scary. He's not a scary monster. The only one yeah. that was even halfway no. interesting was Boris Karloff. The very first one from, what, like 1932? No. And the rest of them are tedious pieces of shit up until Brendan Fraser's film. <laughs> so bad. Um, what I would do, though, uh, for the mummy, and, and not make it so serious, but I would not use white people. I would actually use... Egyptians or Muslims or somebody oh, from yeah, that area yeah. that would make sense. The, the, Why the, is every the, doctor, every person who is searching for mummies always freaking white? Yeah. But we need color. Because we need white color. people were the ones that stole everything I mean, from and, the Egyptians. Yeah, yeah it's Josh said. It so makes you sense can make the, the You can make the big bad being a white person. I'm fine I'm with that. that. I'm not, but, I'm not yeah, like, if you want to do it, have the mummy be, like, a monster, yes, but the real villain of the film is a white person. That's, yeah, yeah, white yeah. corporation, because that, yeah. that happens to be true. Um, so that would be more scary, in my and, opinion. And Phantom of the Opera, I wouldn't even bother with Phantom no. of the Opera, because it's no. lame. Um, Hunchback well, if you're going to do it, do not have Gerard Butler in the movie. No. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. he can't sing. Um, oh, my so God. Oh, my God. The Hunchback of Notre Dame would be hard to reboot uh, now that the Notre Dame has been on fire. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. That's the thing. A lot of these monsters I don't think necessarily need to be covered. If you're going to do Hunchback of Notre Dame, it's very of a specific period. Like, it's very tied into not only, you know, the Notre Dame of the 1800s, but the Inquisition and everything else. And, like, those kinds of things, even though the Inquisition happened earlier. But that same kind of, like, evil priest and overbearing Catholicism and all that kind of bullshit, you know? Like, 
that kind of stuff doesn't play as well now, even before the 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 church burned down. Um, yeah, I'm right. pretty sure Disney owns like rights in perpetual forever on Hunchback anyway. No, actually, yeah, Universal they said they were going to make it because it's a uh, it's it's um, public domain now. Oh, is it? Yeah. The story itself is yes. Oh, well. Um, but okay, so. If you were to do it, you better do it with actual French people. Um, yeah. And French yeah, yeah. actors. Yeah. Don't bring in, don't bring in like British American because that ain't going to work anymore. Um, let's oh, see. Yeah. The uh, Hunchback is over, is almost 200 years old. It is way public domain now. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That is really the only one that can stay in England. And yeah, be and modernized. They already and, did a and, modern and, update of that from um, Moffat, Stephen Moffat of like Doctor Who and the more recent Dracula that they did. Another Dracula reboot. Um, that one wasn't bad until the last episode, as is everything with Stephen Moffat. But that one showed how a, uh, a modern scientific-ish take on Jekyll would work really well, honestly. I would really like to see that with Idris Elba, though. Well, fuck yeah! I mean, because I'll watch Idris Elba. Or no, sorry, I'll even I'll even pander to Josh on this one. Uh, Peter Dinklage. I mean, Idris Elba was yeah. pandering to Josh. <laughs> Both of those pandered to Josh. Okay, okay, Wait, okay, no, okay. So Doctor Jekyll Jack- is Peter Dinklage. Yeah, no, no, no. Doctor is Idris Elba. No, no, no. You go for comedy. <laughs> Doc- yeah, 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 yeah. You go for comedy. Idris Elba is the doctor, and the monster is Peter Dinklage. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. I love it. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so good. But which, by the way, although also- we mentioned this, we mentioned this in another podcast at one point, talking about Face Off. For 100%, I would love to see an Idris Elba, Peter Dinklage face-off remake. <laughs> and you know what? I think Peter Dinklage would, <laughs> I do, amazing, would do an amazing job <laughs> on doing an Idris Elba. Oh, what is that? that would be blackface at some point, though? <laughs> you are completely no. confused over all of it, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. No. No, there would be no blackface involved. This is all chemicals and science, Yes, Josh. it is science face, damn it. <laughs> so so it's more like it's brains and not faces. So it's more like a brain off. There are, but there are there are some characters that would modernize well. the The mummy is a fear, especially of like that imperial British era when we were stealing relics and suddenly, oh, the monster's gonna come for us because we broke their curse. Like that part of that character works best in that time period, in that kind of idea. The second you try and pull the mummy out to the modern era, you then have to deal with, like, fish-out-of-water aspects, and how much is the mummy going to remain a monster, and how much are they going to become a tragic figure? Uh, Dracula, like, he could be in any modern era, true, but, like, a lot of the, the fears around him and his dealings with the Romani and everything certainly feels of a specific time period, so you have to change his character a lot if you bring him up to date. Other monsters like uh, the Creature of the Black Lagoon or the Werewolf, those can be, those can transcend time because the fears that they play on, the monster in the night, the monster from, you know, the lagoon outside your house, those ones can work well in any time period. One I'm trying to think of is like Frankenstein. Um, And like, is he of a specific period, or can he really work well in a modern era? Well, I no, think like, that there are actual um, murderers out there 
<laughs> that uh, are currently doing like Frankenstein type of stuff. Frankenstein syndrome. Yes. Yes, there are. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch a lot of crime drama. I do. Um, And that has been a story that has popped up in various crime shows a lot, that there are people out there, serial killers, who are doing that. Ew. Uh, Just like Buffalo Bill, who was taking the skin. He just wanted to make a dress, though. I mean, fashion forward, okay? (laughs) Skin is just going to dry up. You have to keep it lotioned all the time. I mean, it's it's just leather at that point. You just have to cure it and make yourself a proper dress. I can see what he's going for. But I I think we need we need more uh, than the basics. We need we need to bring back Dracula's daughter and redo it because Mm -hmm. it was done once, maybe twice, Mm -hmm. no once. Um, the Invisible Woman, which I think they could easily do with, uh, what was her name? It's, uh, who did, who's in the Invisible Man reboot? Elizabeth Moss? Yes. She would be great for doing the Invisible Woman. Although, to be fair, that movie originally was a comedy that didn't really tie into the rest of the Invisible Man series. But, if they do a sequel that's about her, he's like losing the suit, I would be all on board with that. That'd be great. Right. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then... Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. There hasn't really been a, a decent reboot yet of that. They were going to do her at one point um, with Tomb Raider. What's her name? Angelina Jolie. Uh, she was signed on to play the bride. And then because of the whole failure of the dark universe, that movie is kind of up in the air right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Frankenstein's a good one that could work. I like Bride of Frankenstein. I think that one's a... That one was a really weird movie, but I think the character is iconic and could be done well even in a modern era. Um, well, if you kept every, I mean, if you start the movie series in great, you know, Great Britain, Old England, eighteen eighties, whatever, and you do it, then you have to do the entire series in that genre, which know, is fine. I'm fine with that, but you have to keep it consistent. That's what I'm saying. I think you can, like, if you started each movie in a separate time period, like you. You did Dracula, let's say, like, let's let's actually go further back than most films do, but not so far back as Dracula Untold did, because he doesn't need a heroic origin story. We could do, like, Dracula in the 1500s, Frankenstein in the 1800s, The Mummy definitely in, like, the late 18, 800 Imperial era. Werewolf can go, werewolf can be modern, because the werewolf usually doesn't imply immortality. Um... And for those characters that are immortal, Frankenstein's creature, Dracula, the mummy, they can start in their time period and then move forward into the modern era when somehow or another they're reawoken or they're still just alive. And you can start doing little crossovers between them at that point before you build to something new. But the key that you mentioned that I think we really need to emphasize is you need to find a way to make them scary, which most of the time these monsters just aren't. They're dramatic. And they're certainly lit really well and fantabulously costumed. But they aren't really scary. The Invisible Man, the more modern remake that we just got, that one was actually at times legit scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was a... I, I think when you make corporate or when you make the white man the villain, it's very real to a yeah. lot of people. Mm-hmm. White men are crazy. Sorry, guys. As, as the news has reported to us recently. And then, yes. of course, we can always get to Josh's reboot that I know you want to write at some point, Moonwolf. Yes. It's the best. <laughs> a, a, a werewolf on a space station. 
<laughs> yeah. that's that's the ultimate power yeah and it's a slasher film so <laughs> it, it's perfect because he attacks the moon base because he's a moon werewolf okay moon so werewolf. if you're gonna reboot any one any one monster what monster would that be and what is your pitch okay um i would actually pitch I'd probably end up trying to redo a, a uh, modern Frankenstein. Okay. Um, and I would pitch it utilizing, if we have to go with uh, newer, what society deems as the devil right now is, you know, everything go, ooh, why don't we do a Frankenstein president movie? Okay. <laughs> Make him the true monster that he is. The creature or the, or the doctor? <laughs> Um, the creature. Okay, so he's created, and then he's created to be the perfect president, but it all goes Perfect wrong. president. Yes, exactly. Let's do that. No, I'm kidding. Um, sorry. It's We're certainly a different take. Right I will give you credit for that. <laughs> um, no, I'd go with a, a modern Frankenstein, because I think that's probably the scariest, and basically have Dr. Frankenstein be the the serial he's a serial killer rather than a known and devout scientist okay. he's actually just a serial killer bringing people back not like reanimation not like zombie but you know sewing parts together etc cetera, etc cetera, to make his perfect um aryan monster wow okay josh um, I'm gonna have to go with the werewolf. <laughs> and not, like werewolves. And not, I do really like werewolves, but not the moon wolf because you know that seems like a cheap cop out. Mm -hmm. But I think kind of what you were saying too is the hard part of these relaunches is that the monsters just aren't scary. Mm -hmm. So I think overall, like on a universal level, they're not Universal Studios. Huh, get it? Uh, yeah. Um. But, uh, like, and I think B kind of touched upon this, but kind of pivot the the bad guy, quote-unquote, um, and make it like the monsters are the the sympathetic, he or the heroes, I guess, the, the protagonists. You know, like, uh, for example, with the Mummy movies, I was always kind of confused. It's like, well, those idiots were the ones that opened up his tomb anyway, so they stole from him. But anyway, but with the the werewolf movie, I don't know why, but I always thought Paul Rudd would be a great werewolf character. I could see that. Uh, yeah, uh, and, mo and it'd be like a tongue in cheek kind of comedy mm -hmm. of him, and not like a Teen Wolf type of comedy, but you know, because that movie's god awful. <laughs> but um, like Paul Rudd is gets bitten, um, but maybe have it in a sense of. There's a group of werewolves who goes to terminally ill people, you know, and they are like, we think you should live longer because you have something to offer to society. Here's the curse, you know, so make it a little bit more organized like that. Um, and he just kind of comes to terms with being a werewolf and then is ultimately hunted um, because he's different or whatever. So, mm. uh, um, so yeah, that'd be my idea. I'm, I, I think, I think the mummy is the hardest one to remake 
because the mummy just isn't scary. I, and part of that is just because, like, having a shambling undead thing that, you know, you could outwalk if you wanted to just isn't scary. Like, it, it's just not an interesting monster whatsoever. The, the only way that people die to the mummy is they decide to back themselves into a corner and then just stand there in shock as opposed to doing anything else. So, let's do a version of the mummy that actually is scary, unlike the most recent 2017 one. Um, we have a group of, pe like, guys that are just, like, you could set it in London or maybe, like, a, a group of college students off visiting Egypt or whatever for an art history thing. Doesn't matter. But slowly they start getting picked off one by one by this shadowy killer um, who basically, like, mangles their bodies and steals organs and so forth from them. Um, and then as you put it together, you realize that the organs that they're stealing are, like, the five that are aligned with the canopic jars each time. Work some of that e e Egyptian history in there. Uh, the mummification process. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're, like, meeting girls and doing whatever, and one of them starts up this nice relationship and so forth. And you realize that the person that they think is the mummy that they eventually figure out is, like, this debt, like, this, uh, wrinkled, shambling thing that moves really quickly, because otherwise it's not going to be, like, scary in the least, uh, that they think dies, uh, is not the actual one, and the actual mummy was this, uh, forgotten priestess or pharaoh or whatever, um, who feels betrayed because her afterlife wasn't properly, like, sanctified, and they didn't write her name down so she could be remembered, so she's been trapped here this whole time, uh, and she's stealing the, uh, organs and trying to figure out a way to send herself to the afterlife, and it is the, one of the girls that one of the guys was, like, falling for, and she, at the end, she kills him and mangles his body and makes it to the afterlife. Nice. Thanks. Do you, do you do you have any spare time there, Mike? Because it seems like you just sit around coming up with really good... Uh, um, I like monsters. Plot, <laughs> plots really for like movies. Monsters. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> Rebooting movies is a lot of fun when you don't have to write the script. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can also, I can also see like one of the main characters being like a an an African American and basically sh saying you know what the f are we even doing here man like we should have been on a train back to blah blah months ago no, and I actually yeah. think that's what you do after he sees like the second or third guy in his like touring troop die he's like nah man I got a ticket I'm out <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he gets halfway in the movie. He gets on a plane and he is safe at the end of the film. Actually, That's you, can do, right. you can do that like a tag ending near the end where he mm. gets like on a uh, a video call with like one of the, the the one guy that's about to die because the girl like you know is going to mangle his body and they're having like a great conversation and then like like she like devours him or something on camera and the other guy's like glad I left when I did. Yeah, or like <laughs> does that. You, the, you know, the stereotypical that you see uh, commercials of a lot of the uh, African-American yeah. actors where they go like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. did you just, oh, you know, watch the whole <laughs> that thing. Ain't right. like, that ain't right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay. I think we've just written that one. Universal call us. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Anything yeah. else about the Universal Monsters and rebooting them before we move on? I, I think we could go on for another, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes, but yeah, I, I think could. we could. Yeah. <laughs> love talking about Universal Monsters. I wrote an entire website about it, so I can do that. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you just need to have somebody who's actually uh, interested in writing monster films to actually do 
the films for Universal. Mm -hmm. That's what it really comes down to. Mm -hmm. Maybe after I'm done writing my Dracula scripts. Okay. There, we there you go. go. Anyway, since it seems like we've reached a natural conclusion, this has been Not So Light from Asteroid G. I am Mike Finkelstein. Josh. Avery. And the Queen Bee of the Undamned. <laughs> 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 and we will see you next time. Thank you.